Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit? DeVito backs up, throws deep, has Harris right side, has a catch at the five, and he tumbles into the end zone. That's a touchdown from 46, and the Orange are rolling. The Bills make me want to shout. Allen looks to his left, fires left side. It's going to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio, 97.7, the 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Rome, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, no matter what you're doing, except the bathroom, that's kind of gross. I mean, kinda, I know you bring that phone in the bathroom, I, I know you do, maybe not in the bathroom. Anywhere but that, anywhere but that. But then the beauty of it is with the ESPN app and you find audio and you find us, ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, and uh, off you go into the big bad world, summertime. Maybe you're at camp, you're in somewhere different. You're all over. You're out and about. You're doing things. Good for you. As my mom used to say, get off your butt, go do something. Come home uh, when the streetlights come on. And then I would come home when the streetlights came on and then my mom would fall asleep, and then I'd go back out. I mean, we all pulled that trick, right? Come on. Mom thought I was downstairs playing Nintendo at 9.30 on a Sunday night. I was always happy my mom passed out pretty early. She went to bed pretty early back in the day. So that worked out for me. So I don't know how we got there from here, but point is, you're out, you're about, you're doing things. You can keep in touch with us on all those great locales. But here's the deal, friends. There is a magical internet website. That magical internet website is QSportsTalk.com. And what happens at QSportsTalk.com is you watch the show. Brent, how do I watch a radio show? This is just, you go, you know, you go to the state fair and there's like that psychic. And you, I, I mean, what, what, what am I getting for my 10 bucks with that psychic, right? Like, that's not real. That's just wizardry. No, this is a real thing, QSportsTalk.com, and you you can watch the show. We got people working on this that know what they're doing, we think, anyway. You can live chat throughout the show. We'd love to hear from you at 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. But there's a live chat. Give us as many opinions as you want. Have your own conversation with the fellow friends at QSportsTalk.com via Twitch. And... It takes on a mind of its own. Little bonus for you. Little added bonus when the radio audience is in a commercial break. You are not because we keep the microphones on. We talk to you, give you your own content, your own conversation. It's a beautiful thing. We've got two great guests joining us today. And those two guests are 
as follows. At 5 o'clock-ish, right out of the top of the hour, our friend Mike McAllister will join us from Sports Illustrated. Recruiting. Football technically starts Friday, though there is a press conference with Dino Babers and a couple players tomorrow. Thanks, Brent. No, thank you, Coach. As we're going to get things up, ramp it up, really start to hone in on the Syracuse football conversation. Bayheim's Army, certainly recruiting in the sense of women's basketball. They lost two top 50 recruits today. More fallout coming out of that situation, as we will detail. So, as Mike tweeted, I, I will try and find something to talk about in, in that uh, 20 minutes or so. He will join us. We will do that at 5 o'clock. Right after that, the man, the myth, the legend, the general manager of Bayheim's Army, Kevin Belby, is going to join the program, as we will certainly discuss here, and you have been listening Throughout the day, $1 million. That pinky to your lip, look in the camera and do it. You know you want to. $1 million. Sir, a million dollars isn't really that much anymore. But it is to Bayheim's Army. So we'll check with Kev about building the team, making the adjustments they had to make, the Elam ending, all that behind-the-scenes stuff about this team as they advanced through the tournament, and uh, did the check clear? Did they get the money? All those things we need to know. Yes, it did, by the way. I'm just joking. But I'm looking forward to talking to Kevin Belby. What was the party last like last night? I don't know if Chris, McCa- uh, uh, Chris McCullough pardon me, talked about that earlier here on ESPN Syracuse. We'll ask Belby. Belby did not text me back until like quarter to four because he was literally responding to hundreds of messages from people and maybe, uh, maybe partied a little bit last night, as he well should. But we're glad he's making time for us and We'll look forward to that. Blindside as usual. Hot takes coming up. We mentioned uh, more details from the fallout of Coach Q resigning the recruits. Uh, two administrators that were mentioned in the athletic article and that we kind of know were in, I, I say involved. Probably the more proper way would be to say they were not involved. But they're no longer employed by Syracuse. And Syracuse named its interim head coach. Not just kind of like, hey, keep the seat warm till we hire somebody. From what we understand, Vaughn Reed, who's been on the staff for the last 10 years, is going to be the assistant, is going to move up from assistant coach to interim coach, be the coach this entire season. I've got questions about that, amongst other things. So we will certainly... Dive into that as we go through the program. Welcome. Great to have you here. Happy Wednesday. Feels like a Thursday to me. I hate to put this in your head and be like, come on, Brent, don't do that to me, man. I don't know why today feels more like a Thursday than a Wednesday. We got a great Thursday show lined up for you. Our friend Nico Tamurian, as we know, he announced he is, uh, this is his last week on CNY Central. He is uh, moving to Seattle in the Pacific Northwest area. And he was on with the boys today on Rainzilla, and he's been great going on with. Uh, the Sportzilla program and Rain and Matt and the crew and, but you know Nico and I have been longtime friends. He's, he's been here, you know, about the street hockey game and everything that we do. And we just wanted to bring in Nico tomorrow about four thirty and kind of do the definitive Nico Tamurian exit interview. Just gonna have him hang in studio here. We'll opine and reflect. And I mean that guy's got Central New York running through his veins and. Big change, big opportunity for him. We're thrilled for him. One of those mixed emotions things where we're, we're really happy for him and the opportunity he's getting, but we're certainly going to miss him around here. So uh, Nico and I get the tissues out. We'll reflect a bit on the show tomorrow. So we're looking forward to that. Let's get into today's show, though. I'm going to do the hacky obvious thing. Right? 
right. I mean, I've got a few choices. We did the Dr. Evil. I'm a fan of... I have to be careful how I phrase this, because out of context, this can be clipped a lot of different ways. I am a fan of the musical group Bare Naked Ladies. It's a great band name, you got to admit, right? Toad the Wet Sprocket right up there, too. Yeah, I'm going to do the hacky obvious thing here. And if I had a million dollars... Because well, I'd buy you a house. Bayheim's Army has a million dollars. I loved when they were going through the videos last night and they asked both members of Bayheim's Army and Team 23, oh, what would you do with the money? Everybody gets a cut. Be it dollars $80,000, what would it be? DeAndre Kane, I'm going to get a Corvette. Yes! That's my man right there. Because some were like, oh, I'm going to buy some land and invest. I'm going to put it in the bank. I'm going to... He's like, I'll buy a Corvette. He's won this thing a few times. Now four-time TBT champion. DJ Kennedy, now five-time TBT champion. But we, we know what last night was about. And now Bayheim's Army can buy a llama or an emu. A Corvette. And hang out. Like open the fridge. All the fancy ketchups to put on. Laid out for us with little The craft dinner that you can just buy more and eat more of. Of course we're still gonna eat craft dinner. Just, just, just eat more. Uh, what a great tune. Reminds me of uh, seeing the musical group Bare Naked Ladies. Because if I just say if I saw Bare Naked Ladies, but <laughs> where were you today? Huh? That's what's going on. That's hot. The musical group. Bare Naked Ladies. They were awesome. I went there primarily to see Hootie and the Blowfish a couple years ago at Finger Lakes. The musical group Bare Naked Ladies opened up. They were better. Better than Hootie. Like the full, not just Darius Rucker, like the reunion tour. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. For those that still hung on to the thought that this is not a true, air quotes, kind of Syracuse team, Yes, it's Bayheim's Army. Yes, they have orange uniforms, the namesake, the whole thing. But they brought in too many mercenaries here. As Eric Devendorf put it last night, we had to bring in some killers to seal the job. And we will discuss that with Kevin Belby later in the program. But boy, were you proven wrong last night. Because those names that, yeah, maybe didn't play for Jim Bayheim, embraced by Bayheim courtside became Syracuse legends, all contributed. And I love that Kiefer Sykes is the guy that steps up and makes the play. What a call, by the way, right here on ESPN Syracuse from Michael Lee. Kiefer Sykes with it. Sykes drives, pulls up. Sykes for the million! Yes! He wins it! Kiefer Sykes to the scorer's table! Bayheim's Army, 2021 TVT champ! Because it was Tyrese Rice who had been the man, and Sykes had to step into his place. Not that Sykes hadn't been playing well through the tournament, but Rice had his worst game. He was named TBT MVP, rightfully so, last night. But Team 23 was like, we're not letting you win this game. So even in a short period of time, even though he's not a Syracuse guy, Sykes was going for the money, going for the spot, had to shoot a three in that moment. We're in the Elam ending. Like you knew right away. Everybody's like, got to go for three here. Got to go for three here. There was a couple of sequences where there were some misses. Of course, there's cardiac cues and stress and tension. And oh my God, our pets' heads are falling off. What a shot. 
as Chris McCullough said on this radio station earlier today, that shot takes balls. You just hit. He pulled up quick, bing, bang, boom, caught his defender off guard. He had a great explanation of it afterwards in the postgame press conference. Like he knew his defender was like not paying attention during the timeout. He's like, I'm going to get you. I want that money. It was great. But to see, folks, let me tell you something here. Not that I have spent any personal time with Jim Beheim, So he may smile all the time at home. I don't know that. I only know Jim Beheim from watching him coach games. I've been at some events with Jim Beheim. I know he has a great time every year at the basketball fundraiser. I mean, Jim Beheim. I hear all these stories about how fun he is to hang out with, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that must be nice. We know our weekly uh, conversations can get very interesting, but you know that I always appreciate that he's accessible and he's great on the show, and Jim's not my friend, right? So I'm not going to see that side of him, nor should he be. I have to maintain a professional distance, if you will, to to cover that team fairly and as objectively as I can. But you don't have a heart beating in your chest if you didn't get a little emotional watching Jim Beheim, known for just being the curmudgeon, smile from ear to ear for the video that I saw and put out there. That thing was like a minute, and you couldn't wipe the smile off his face if you tried. His sons are there. Devendorf comes over, embraces all of them. Devo and true Devo style. Are we sure we can play this clip? Because we know our friend Eric Devendorf uh, keeps the censors. Certainly on high alert, but man, this this was great. This feel good for real. I feel good. I appreciate all the support from everybody. Coach Bayheim, Miss Bayheim, Buddy Man, G Mac, Griff, Red, they all here. This Q's fair. That's how we do. This is the best university in the world. Syracuse. Come on, man. And something I have always admired is the brotherhood. The connection. Chris McCullough played 16 games at Syracuse, embraced, brought back, big part of this run for this team. So, yes, Kiefer Sykes and DJ Kennedy and DeAndre Kane and Tyrese Rice didn't play at Syracuse. Tell me you don't love them now. Tell me you didn't get swept up in that last night. Tyler Lydon played his last game last night. He said coming in, great piece that our friend Donna DeTota wrote at Syracuse.com, He's retiring. He's going to coach. He's going to be around the game. He's going to do some things, but injuries have caught up to him. He's not going to go for it anymore in terms of playing. And you know, we hear stories about even members of his army that play internationally or they're trying the G League. How about Kiefer Sykes signs with the Indian Indiana Pacers? Now, it was announced right after the game. He had an arrangement. He knew, but they saved it for after the game. And what a moment that was. Chris McCullough belongs in the NBA, and I think this platform may help him get back there. Tyler Lydon, who was a first-round draft pick five years ago, or was it four years ago? Recently, right? I lose track of the years, as many of you do. He's retiring. That's what can happen. Goes out a champion and doesn't help that $80,000 he found in his bank account this morning. So, yeah, it's all about the money. But what about Adam Weissman? Okay, Adam Weissman, who I remind you, as the great uh, Bruce Springsteen once sang in Pink Cadillac, baby, it ain't about money, because I got plenty of that. 
Adam Weissman just bought a house in Skinny Atlas for over $3 million. He's not even going to live in. Okay, The man's done well in his life, but he also donated a million dollars to local charities last night. Kevin Belby, who we're going to talk to later, certainly was motivated by the money, but think of the blood, sweat, and tears that guy puts in building this team, kind of had to eat some humble pie, adjust his thinking, bring in some outside Syracuse players, the dedication, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't see to get it done. We mentioned Devendorf, the only seven-year member of TBT who just has created this unbelievable second life as a citizen in central New York, as a player via Bayheim's Army. I I just pinch myself. I really do, being able to do pregame with him because it's just such a blast. It's so fun. He's such a great guy. Uh, as we know, when Eric was at school, he had a little edge to him, had some trouble. He'd be the first person to tell you, made some decisions that he regrets, became kind of that villain, that guy everybody hates when you're playing against what everybody wants on your team. And just look at the figure that he has become and, and, and has embraced Central New York as his own. Who wasn't happy for that guy last night? Like, It's funny how we get emotionally invested in these things. Syracuse fans, I think, just appreciated that it's an opportunity to get together and watch some hoops and feel like you're playing Duke or Georgetown in the middle of February as opposed to the middle of the summer. And they got it done through all this. It's all great touchy-feely stuff and good stories and all that 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 came out last night. There were so many images I'll never forget from that game last night. It was all or nothing for this team. I wrote the column a few weeks ago. I told Belby this on the air. I told anybody who would listen that nothing short of a million dollars and winning this thing would be acceptable. Overseas elite out the talent they brought in, the approach that they made. If you just looked at it objectively, remove all emotional attachment, if you just looked at it objectively, that team should win. And when I started to see them play and the clutch gene that they had and how they handled the Elam ending and so hard to come together quickly, and yeah, they didn't start well, and there were a few things that made you, let's say, a little nervous as the game went along, but this team was so easy to embrace and played its butt off and did everything right. And you could see it, the players coming together, Chris McCullough tweeting things, right, that I can't repeat here on the radio, but you could tell they're just they're just loving it. They were mercenaries. They were there to get paid. Only one team gets paid. That's the draw of this thing, but so much more came of it. The circle is closed, and I wonder where we're going to go from here. DeAndre Kane and DJ Kennedy, I saw a video last night. It's like, oh, we're done. <laughs> like, they knew right on the court. We knew Tyler Lydon was done. Sykes signs an NBA deal. Is Devendorf going to really look at it and say, I've done what I need to do, and maybe not play in this tournament anymore? Is Bell, I'll ask Belby next hour. I don't want to push him. He's still celebrating, and, you know, don't need a direct answer on this today, but... Are you going to be in it next year? Now that you've reached the top of the mountain, do you defend it? Do you try and do it again? Or do you say, no, we, we kind of came here what we needed to do, and we're going to bow out on top. I'd love to see it happen again. But now that they've won the tournament, they've got the million. It's just an incredible run for that team. Congratulations to them. Mission accomplished. And whatever it is, 
that they want at this point. Well, I'd buy you a fur coat. What about a monkey? I'd buy you a monkey. Fur coat, that's a nice ottoman, perhaps. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. It's not an if. You do. And congratulations to Bayheim's Army. What a run. So we'll break on that note. We will return, and we will continue that conversation. We'll love to get your thoughts on the game, the run, the team, where they go from here, your observations on it. There were some notable things, though, on the Syracuse women's basketball front today we will dig into. We mentioned Mike McAllister and Kevin Belby later in the show. A lot to do as we press forward, and we're glad you're a part of it today on the radio and at QSportsTalk.com. Our friend from Lee Baldwin and Company, Bill, is here, though, to deliver our stock market update. Bill, happy uh, Wednesday to you. How are you? Yes, good. And uh, we had a little bit of a pullback today in the major averages. The Dow fell two hundred, excuse me, three hundred twenty-three points, uh, nearly one percent on some disappointing earnings and uh, job payroll number that came in uh, less than expected. But to be honest, we've had a pretty good run here. Uh, diamond today, uh, you know, Bayheim's Army was a definite diamond uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, we're going to go with Eli Lilly, a drug company with a promising Alzheimer's drug, was up 4%, so uh, we can easily root for them. And then uh, on the dog side, we had GM, uh, disappointing earnings, more or less just profit-taking. Uh, and they're still facing a chip shortage, so uh, uh, hard to produce new cars without chips. And that's it. Bill, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, talk to Bill or Mike or Lee himself, any of the great crew at Lee Baldwin and Company in Casanova or Utica. LeeBaldwin.com is the website to have all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. Back after this on the block ESPN Radio at QSportsTalk.com. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is On the Block with Brent Axe. That it is, friends. Welcome back. Great to have you here. Uh, On the Block is presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Entertainment's back at the Vine Showroom at Del Lago Resort and Casino. New acts are being announced every week. There is something for everyone. There's classics like Paul Anka to TV celebrities like Michael Carbonaro and Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan? Ooh, I got to go to that. Your show is waiting for you at the Vine. Did I say that right, by the way? It's Michael Carb. No, I said it right. Michael Carbonero, right? Yeah, I got that. Got that. Tracy Morgan, whatever show it is that you're looking for, line them up at the Vine. DelagoResort.com is the website to go to. I'm looking to here, too. So Sebastian Bach and Dashboard Confessionals coming. Uh, Teddy Fusco, Atlantic City's premier performer. Is back. I mean, just get on there, DelLagoResort.com. Shows happening. Go. Be a part of it. Maybe place a sports wager or two. Polly can give you a tip. Win some big money, baby. All right. We go from very happy news and very celebratory, but Bayheim's Army was so cathartic last night because there's, there's been some stuff going on this week, and you hear what's coming out about Coach Q resigning and what's going on with women's basketball. And I know it's a bummer and it's a downer and, you know, but we got to discuss it. We got to cover it because the fallout is continuing here. So I've got a couple of questions about this. So here's the latest. If you haven't heard, just kind of resetting here. Vaughn Reed is going to be the interim coach. Now, as it was described by Syracuse university in the release they put out today, 
He is going to be the interim coach for the season. It's not to say Syracuse can't go out and hire somebody if they get the right candidate or, or if the situation works out to they can hire somebody. Which, you know what? I make it sound easier than it is. It is a, a complicated process to hire somebody, but you are in a crisis. And I don't use that word lightly, but tell me they're not. But to get an assistant coach, to get someone to come in, take over the program, I mean, the semester starts in three weeks. Establish yourself, hold on to recruits, move your life. That's that's a complicated process. So I get the path of least resistance. The easiest thing to do to stabilize things as best as you can is to just elevate somebody from the staff. Now, I want to give Vaughn Reed a clear and fair shake here. I don't know Vaughn Reed. I've never spoken with him. I've certainly heard about him, and he's an X's and O's tactician. I've heard the reputation is in terms of basketball. But I think we got to ask the obvious question here. He has been an assistant coach there since 2011. So all these things that are now coming to surface about the culture of this program He was there day in and day out, every practice, every film session, on the road, saw these things that are starting to circle out here about Coach Q, how he treated certain people that, again, has now been investigated. He has resigned as a result of that investigation. Why is Vaughn Reed the choice? And by the way, I'm not pulling out the flamethrower again here. I'm asking these questions rhetorically. But I think fairly. Is it because you could plummet into further chaos if you try and have somebody else run the program? Again, it's maybe too short of a window to bring in a new candidate to coach. That's the inconvenience of what's going on. But the minute that athletic article came out, John Wildhack had to know this is going to get serious, and I I'd be re- I got to be ready to pounce here. Now, an athletic director should always have five names on his list to replace a head coach just in case, right? Stuff happens, as we found out at Syracuse this year. John Desco's situation, he retires. You had a great answer right across the hall. That's convenient. That's nice. That's a meatball right down the middle of the plate that's easy to hit. Kayla Trainer to take over the women's program, was the same thing. You, you cast a wide net. You do your due diligence, a favorite term of John Wildhack, and she was the best candidate. Great. But, again, I want to be fair, making the sound simpler than it is, but knowing the program might need a, a, a change. Is the timing off? There's a lot of questions I have here, but Vaughn Reed, folks, he knew. How could he not? He's there every day. The, some of these things that are being described, he must have saw. He must have experienced. Did he talk to Coach Q about these things? I'm just, there's a lot of questions I have here. I want to judge him on his own accord, but if you're truly going to change the culture of the program, you got to change the culture of the program. So, to Syracuse's credit, they are doing that in terms of looking at some people that were tasked with looking over some of these players that have stepped up that said that their cries for, cry for help might sound a little extreme in some ways, but given the details that are coming out about the story, it's not in others. But two administrators 
are no longer employed by the university. As Chris Carlson writes, Syracuse University confirmed two more athletic administrators are no longer employed by the school. As Syracuse continues an investigation into the culture of its women's basketball program and accusations of bullying and inappropriate behavior, a school spokesperson confirmed that Deputy Athletics Director Senior Women Administrator Kimberly Keenan Kirkpatrick and Director of Program Management and Development Cedric Salas are no longer employed by the school. Now, both of those names were mentioned in the athletic report. Kirkpatrick specifically about dealing with some players that had spoken up about some things. She went on the road with the team. Like, she saw all this, too. She was on the bus. She was at practice. She was on the road with the team. Like, she knew. She saw what happened. And knowing the way that Coach Q, and again, these people all have the opportunity to speak if they wish. And I I hope they do, because there is two sides to a story. We're getting everything from the player perspective, the details that's coming out, Q has not said a word about this through anything, not even a statement. Syracuse is going to let the investigation play out, then they're going to kind of give their side of it. So all these people have an opportunity to defend themselves. But knowing what we're knowing, knowing the pattern that was there and the number of players that tried to get something across about this culture was off, it's pretty concerning to me. That some of these people were let go, let this go. And it's starting to point more at Wild Hack's office. Like, how much did, if you didn't know, that's really bad. If you did know and just tried to cut, tolerate it, that's almost worse. How much are you willing to tolerate? How much are you willing to say, oh, that's just coaching, that's just tough love, that's that's just Q, or whatever the case may be, right? And by the way, this applies to all coaches. Q's the one in the spotlight here, given there was a change made and the investigation going on, but there better be like a full-scale cleansing going on here about how they deal with these things. And again, to give Syracuse credit, this should have happened a long time ago in another sense, and the message should have been sent to these student-athletes in every way possible. That if you have an issue, here is an easy path for you to speak up on that. But they contracted with a service that allows them to anonymously report issues. You truly hope it's anonymous. you got to trust who is handling this, does it properly, and gives them a safe path to do so. Because when some of these players, as noted in the athletic article, and that is, I, I, this is, I know this to be true reported these things, Q goes to practice and says, who's the rat? Tries to fish it out. Gets wind of a complete, literally said, I'd have to pull up the article to give the exact quote. But to paraphrase, it was basically like, you're going to compliance on me? Well, they told me about that complaint. What do you think's going to happen? That's just somebody, that's not a coach exhibiting authority. That's a tyrant. That's somebody that is intimidating. That is somebody that is, as we noted on the show yesterday, but bears repeating, found the line and ran by it. You don't do that. Who are you to go in there and run that program like a king that you are not somebody that can be looked at and judged? And I mean, I get angry just thinking about it. That this, I mean, look, coaches have egos. This just in. But you do not run a fiefdom. You do not run a kingdom. You do not go in there and say, 
I am Lord, no one will question what I do. That's nonsense. Somebody did that fearing for their own safety in some ways, being mentally abused in their view. He comes in and says, okay, who ratted us out? That's just not acceptable. So it appears they're trying to address this. But there's a lot of things that are out there that I, I just, I don't know if you can unring that bell. And I think a lot of things are pointing at Wild Hack's office saying, well, what happened here? Where's the breakdown? Because, again, the man went to a podium on June 15th and gave a full-throated, hearty endorsement of Coach Q. Go back and and listen to that. Watch the press conference. I've played the clip a hundred times. Like He went up there and talked about Coach Q as if he was like the purest coach in the world in that moment. How lucky we are to have a coach like this and to hear all this stuff come out certainly wasn't the way. So the cleansing continues. Now, I haven't even brought up something as well. So we talked about the administrators no longer there, the new service that's there, Von Reed. They lost two top 50 recruits today. That's the the natural next question. What about recruits? What about the transfers? Because remember, for all the transfers that left, they did get a full-stock roster back two top 50 recruits though are not coming to Syracuse and that was the interesting thing about this is not only do they have a recruiting class coming in with all the transition and everything happening they had a top 50 recruiting class coming in and two of those players decommitted today there was a combination of players coming in from Canada that I know Syracuse was excited about that I know Q was excited about, that I know everybody involved was excited about. So Cheyenne Day-Wilson, Latasha Lattimore, they were the anchors of this recruiting class. And, you know, that's unfair in a way because you can be a lower-rated recruit, come in and be a better player. But when you're talking about a top-10 class, recruiting rankings matter in a sense of getting a sense of, of who they are, what kind of players they are. Royal Crown Academy in Canada Canada, what a pipeline. You know, it's not the traditional recruiting, and Mike McAllister can certainly speak more to this top of the hour, but when you're not in that kind of American feeder system of recruiting rankings, okay, so what? yeah, there are two of the top-rated players in Canada. Was What does that mean? If, if they played in the United States, they'd be very high on that list as well, from all indications, from everything I've heard. I'm not an expert on it, but from everything I've heard and talked about it, we'll talk about it more with Mike, top of the hour. But Lattimore... Number 38 in the class of 2021, the number six forward in the country. Day Wilson, guard, number 41 recruit in the class of 2021. She's considered top 10 at her position in the country and considered by the experts that write this stuff, Canada's top point guard. Through all of this, one thing you couldn't dispute is Q could recruit and could attract talent and despite the reputation that was out there and the way he coached his team. He got players at Syracuse. That is undeniable. But now we're seeing the fallout of this. So what other players are going to take a hard look at it? And again, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place too. The semester starts in three weeks. Think if you're a player ready, training, committed, mind frame of I'm going to school in the fall, and then this happens. For all of recruiting to... And committing to, and I got a break here, but committing to a school, academics, facilities, conference, all the things that you make a decision about 
when you're going to play a major collegiate sport, you commit to the coach because they're the one you're going to deal with more than anybody, day in and day out. So now their coach resigns. So these two have decided they're going into the transfer portal. At least they have that option now. Who else will follow? It's amazing that we went through the transfer story, player after player leaving, and we're about to see it again, perhaps. All right, let's break on that note. We will return. We'll do some hot takes here. Mike McAllister, Kevin Belby coming up. Oh, we got so much to do. You stay right there.